Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Welcome back to Line Change Action Network's Hockey Betting Podcast. I'm Tim Kalinowski, joined by Nick Martin, Michael Leboff, still on vacation here. Usually you say much-deserved vacation when a guy's left, but, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he just scheduled this because, you know, the Islanders, It's it's looks like their demise here. But we... Nick and I are looking at a three-game slate, a pretty ugly three-game slate, three big favorites, which means three big dogs um, for Wednesday, January 17th in the NHL. Nick, I'm probably going to be honest here and just follow whatever your lead is here because I saw this board and, um, you know, I know we like underdogs, but I don't love the underdogs that I might be forced to play in this spot. So just three games We'll move through the docket here. First off is the Detroit Red Wings at the Florida Panthers. The Red Wings are plus 170. The Panthers minus 205 total sitting at six and a half shaded to the over. And Nick, it looks like that's the direction that you're indeed going. Yeah, I mean, this slate is downright horrific, let's be honest. <laughs> but when we first discussed this show, I was scared we might have zero plays out of it. And at the time of recording, there's a play on all three games. So could be worse hopefully the numbers hold up um because uh you know this it's not as bad as i thought i think we'll have some fun here so okay on this game yeah i i thought the over to uh, the over six and a half to minus 120 um was a look i like uh just with the way the panthers continue to generate and detroit has struggled if anything i actually think the panthers are kind of my preferred favorite on the slate which i guess isn't I mean, they're the biggest favorite, so I guess it's not like that's any sort of... Uh, well, they're all like the take. same giant yeah. favorite. But just the way the Panthers have been playing, um, they should be able to generate at will on Detroit. And I just think that early on, their offensive struggles were just really a lot of games where they scored well below expectations, where they were getting legitimate high-quality chances. I, I mean, you look at the offensive core, that shouldn't be necessarily a hard take to make. They have a really deep top six. Kachuk's going to keep keep moving the needle in the right direction. And then you look at the top line with Barkov and Rodriguez and uh, Reinhardt, obviously. That's just so much talent. And Detroit continues to look very middling uh, defensively. And then Alex Lyon, like it'll, you know, there'll be some hype because it's his return game here in Detroit. But I still think, however you want to look at it, if anything, he's overachieved expectations this season, right? Like he has a 922 save percentage, which is pretty crazy. I don't know if I'm moving the needle that much on him. Like I still think this is like an average to slightly better than average starter. So I think the Panthers can score on him. And then you look at the Detroit side of things. Yes, Patrick Kane looks like he'll be out of the picture. I still like the offensive upside there. Um, I think they're kind of a, a more cap cap uh, competent offense than we saw at parts in December. And part of that was to the um, the schedule and the guys out of the lineup. So I view Detroit as an over team right now. I think the Panthers are more of an over team than um, their, their kind of totals over the whole season have suggested. So it'll be a square look, but that's where I'm looking on, on uh, that one. 
Yeah, Detroit's won five of six here. The only loss coming uh, three to two to Edmonton, which is, you know, you can't really blame them there. This Oilers team has won 10 in a row. I, I guess I'm a I little. Mean, really I will lucky. slide in and say that was a, one of the luckiest. They, that game shouldn't have been close. <laughs> too. They, they could have given up six with some worse puck luck for sure. No, I, I mean, we. I watched that game too. Um, I think we were on, we were on Edmonton there, but, but here's the thing. I, I just have a really hard time with what, what to do with uh, Detroit right now. They're, you know, I looked at one model that has them 37% chance to make the playoffs. So if you, and right now they are, they're sitting in a playoff spot. So if you kind of, sometimes it's helpful to handicap like this and say to yourself, okay, uh, what do I, we're at January, mid January here. If this team's going to win, I kind of like expect them to continue to ascend in the standings, right? Like, I, I feel like I look at Detroit as a team that I would probably peg to miss the playoffs as well, which means they're going to have to lose some games here. Is that is that too square of a way to think about it? No, I don't think so. And I mean, we've we've talked about this, trying to get on the Detroit to miss the playoffs train, but the line's never really been there, right? The market's never bought on Detroit, even when they had such <laughs> a good start and everyone was talking like it was a walk. I remember there was... What was it? it was right when we pointed out that their record was identical to last season at the 20 game mark. It was like the exact same level. And it's never dipped. Like you look now and it's minus 230 for Detroit to miss. So, I mean, you can't bet that, right? I wouldn't bet that as someone who doesn't think this team's that good. Um, yeah, I, 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 they're, they're a weird team to handicap. They've really had a lot of these kind of runs this year and really been up and down. And at their core, I know Lalonde really preaches defensive play and is kind of known for having the ability to get teams organized defensively. But I just don't know if I see it right now. So I, I think Florida can can pay off on that front. And I don't know if there's really any futures I want to touch, touch with Detroit, right? They're, they look like they're just priced. We, we can't fade them. We can't get the, in. I, the way to fade them is just to look at another team that you would like to make the playoffs. I think that's kind of the best way to go. Pittsburgh, um, I think it's kind of a good look. They're sitting on on the edge there and Tampa Bay is, you know, I, I saw one place minus 140 to make the playoffs. So I feel like if you, there's too many spots for the amount of teams, right. You have basically Detroit, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, um, and New Jersey. So like are you leaving a spot open for New Jersey, like it, it is someone's get someone that we think is pretty decent is going to be on the outside looking in and um, New Jersey would kind of throw a monkey wrench into the situation as well. So, I also think of Florida, it's priced pretty much right in the fact that they've they've lost two in a row. I kind of expect a, a good bounce back performance for them. I, I know that doesn't doesn't sit well in that room, and I know it's a square way to look at it, and it's not roulette, but Florida's going to win a lot more games than they lose. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I it, mean, Florida's just legitimately good, right? Like, if I'm talking about Florida futures right now, we're still talking, like, Cup and President's Trophy. I think they can get in those mixes because they're just – everything about their roster looks legit. The decor's better than people expected. They have the top talent. Stolarz had a really tough go the other night, but he's still better than average backup. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely very in on the Panthers. Yeah, I think uh, they're the most complete team in the NHL right now. In a league where even the top teams have a lot of flaws we can point at, I just think that um, Florida has, anywhere you look, their cracks are not nearly as big as a lot of the other teams across the league, especially at the top. So looking at the over there for Nick, um, 
Maybe we'll play the over. Maybe if it was a larger slate, I wouldn't even look twice at these games. Probably. I think I'd think I'd scroll right past them and you go. I was just going to say, I'll throw out two just to summarize this. Well, like I said, I think the over it's minus 120 to six and a half right now. I'd stop right there. So hopefully something holds on that. I think that was the closest price to being in target on this game for me. Fair enough. How about the Montreal Canadiens? They are playing the New Jersey Devils. The Devils are a minus 245 favorite. Habs plus 200. Total in that one, six and a half. And the Habs coming off a, a big win against Colorado on Monday night. This Habs team, you know, Marty St. Louis is, is getting a lot out of them. Every time someone scores or they make a big play, I have to take you know, a, a double take, a triple take at the Jersey number. I'm like, who are the guys playing for this team? It is like, it's pretty outrageous. Yeah. Um, this was my favorite game on the board and I'm really hoping something hangs up there. Uh, regular viewers will probably know where we haven't been that high on Montreal. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but this price is crazy. Like they're plus 200 at the time of recording versus the devils. And for all the volatility that's going on with New Jersey, that just seems insane to me. I mean, first off, you're talking about one team with legitimately better than average goaltending and one team with among the league's worst goaltending. And I know that um, in a small sample, Nico Dawes has, has been a lot more stable for the Devils and they might turn to him here. But I can still live with that. And you look at this gutted Devils roster right now. Um, they played really well in Tampa. They played really not bad at all in Florida to follow that up. But I still just can't see this number right now. Like this, Montreal should play to their price for sure. And then one thing with Montreal, I do think that defensively they've been like a hair better than some of their underlying results say. Like I think on the good nights, they've done a good job of insulating their goalies and not allowing plays through the box. Um, they kind of get underrated in terms of uh, the analytical quality, at least on the, the public models. So... I think that there's way too many question marks around the Devils right now for this price to be anywhere around plus 200. I actually, I would bet this down to plus 180 even. And yeah, I was kind of kicking myself for not getting, like at first there's one of those ones that really jumped out to me. And then it, it seems as the market's moving that it was just clearly always wrong. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. And everything that the devil, that, the Canadians have done well this season, I think works towards their kind of a price versus the devils in this spot, right? Like they can hang around if they don't own too much of the play and they've done a great job of winning games like that. They've done a good job of dragging games to overtime, which, you know, if I, if I get a ticket at plus 200, that gets dragged to overtime. I'm always pumped about that. Even, even though it's painful when those lose. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just a great time to buy in Montreal for sure. Yeah, as, as surprisingly well as, as Montreal has played, I think you'd look at uh, a matchup with the Devils and the, and the one of the biggest reasons why you'd want to be on the Devils is they're just deeper, right? And that's not really the case right now with their injuries. And it's not just about trying to sound square and like, oh, no Jack Hughes, you know, that's a huge, huge deal. Obviously going to go with the Habs here with no Hughes. But the thing about missing Hughes is it just – it slots everybody up one in the lineup. And that doesn't like the devil's strength has been that they've been so deep with, with Hughes and obviously his ability to, to score and as dynamic of a player he is. So without Hughes, a lot of guys are playing in roles where they can't be the New Jersey devils at their ceiling. So um, I think that's a big factor that that's mitigated throw in the fact that Martial defends well, they, they have good goaltending and, 
the devils have just been too unstable to feel good about laying a big price with them. They're they're If you look at our top teams who we, who we, you know, think have a real good shot at winning the, winning the Stanley cup, like New Jersey preseason would be there for sure. But now they, they don't look anything like a team like for instance, Florida, right. Who this price is kind of being priced like a, in a Florida range. Right. Yeah, and I mean, it's great. Like, you know the Devils are probably going to own somewhat more of the play here, but this number is just nuts. Like, this is giving, when we know there's a bit of a goaltending mismatch, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe a little bit less so than you might expect, I guess, if Nico Dawes continues to play okay. But, like, when you're talking about this kind of a price and the way that Montreal's been able to win games and the kind of games the Devils have lost this season when controlling more of the play and their kind of greater breakdowns uh, as opposed to that of the Canadians... This just looks insane. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this closed at like plus 150 a lot of places. Yeah, the Habs are 500. Imagine that. Um, a lot of credit to that team. They've done a tremendous job. Marty St. Louis at the helm there. All right, the last last game here, Nick. The Chicago Blackhawks, they are a plus 240 dog. To the Buffalo Sabres, between the Sabres are minus uh, 298 total in this one, six and a half. The Blackhawks in this situation will be coming off of a game against the mighty, mighty San Jose Sharks. <laughs> what what do we do with the Chicago Blackhawks and what do we do with the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres team? That has been, in my opinion, probably the hardest team to handicap in the NHL. I think a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how I looked at them in, in Ottawa and the two of them had either won a game five, one or lost the game five, one, like in some, in some aspect over the last couple of weeks when I said that. So they're challenging, but do the Blackhawks an already thin, thin, thin Blackhawks team have the juice to put up a fighting effort and play to their number against Buffalo? Yeah. I looked at this one and I, it's so ugly, but I think, the Hawks being plus 240 at the time of recording is a little too long. Uh, I'd go down to plus 230, even though it's not a lot of fun. But the Sabres continue to have these little rushes where it feels like people start to give them credit and rate, like maybe that they'll be the team that, uh, you know, everyone thought they might be. Um, they obviously are getting another really good spot here when you talk about hosting the Blackhawks on a back-to-back. But I look at their last five, I look at their last 10, and this is still just a team that's paying off They've paid off some really favorable spots. Like their last game, you look at it, they had the Sharks who are in a complete disastrous travel situation and they get a win. They played decently versus the Canucks. They definitely could have won that one. They host the Senators for back-to-back. They got the Kraken in there. They got a lucky Pens win. Pretty lucky win over the Canadians, honestly. Like I'm just looking at this team and I still don't think that they've raised their profile that much for me. Like I still just think they're playing more or less relatively bad hockey and that we kind of touched on this ahead of what will hopefully be a Chicago win tonight, but they've scrapped. They've been really scrappy the last three games and they do have more of their defenders back, right? Like Vlasic's starting to play really well. Korchinski's playing really well. Seth Jones is back in the mix and he's playing pretty decently. So it's one of those things that I think almost no one pays any attention to Chicago, especially without Connor Bedard. Yeah. But you look at the blue line and it's actually not that bad now that everyone's back. Um, the offensive core is a complete train wreck. Don't get me wrong here. No one's trying to tell you that Chicago is nearly as good of a team as the Sabres. But you look at these prices. They're not being priced like they're anywhere in the same world. I think the avenues are there for Chicago to hang around and make this game close. Buffalo hasn't been blowing teams out of the water. 
So it's a little scary. It's a favorable spot, obviously, for the Sabres, but I still think it's a complete box or pass here. Like I wouldn't want to try to pay off pay off a bet on Buffalo at this point. I don't think they've necessarily proved that they're actually turning things around. Yet. No, this is the definition of the Buffalo Sabres shouldn't be minus near 300 against any team in the National Hockey League. That's that's kind of how you get there. I will say with Chicago, um, they haven't won the second half of a back-to-back all season, but they haven't won a lot of games at all this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, how many of those were Buffalo? Buffalo power rated pretty low. And then the other thing too, like we, how many times on this show have we said this, where Buffalo gets a win like like something like the one in Vegas, which felt like maybe a kind of a turning point game. I think viewers of the Sabres would probably have said that about that win. And then they turn around and lose 2-0 in Arizona in a game where we liked them. And then they lose 9-4 to the Blue Jackets. And there's just been so many moments like that where you see them gut out one of these wins and it, it feels like people are like, oh, are they going to pay off their preseason expectations now? Like they've got Tage back, they've got this going and so-and-so. And then it just doesn't go that way because I ultimately just... Like they really haven't been that good. I think that's just what it boils down to is um, they they haven't been, they've had more roster concerns. They haven't seemed to pop offensively anywhere near like we saw throughout all of last season. So um, yeah, I, I just thought this number was too long and that the avenues are definitely there for the Hawks to make it somewhat competitive. It's ugly. I hate, I mean, we're betting on Chicago two nights in a row here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with probably, uh, smaller half unit play on the Blackhawks here after I see how they look against the San Jose Sharks. I don't know which way would convince me if they lose or they win, but I just want to see them one more time uh, before I put actual money For on sure. them. And I mean, a half unit play at their current price will win you well past a whole unit. So right. It's not like that. That's nothing. Right. Exactly. hundred percent. And you know, if there was an award for, um, you know, if I know there's there's puck lines in hockey, but, you know, they're not it's not like a real like NFL type spread. But if there was a if there was a covering the spread in terms of uh, how they've hung in there, Chicago, their last five games or so would be like a, a great feisty underdog that that has done, you know, made it difficult on their opponents. If you just look the box scores three one against Dallas, they lost, but two to one loss to Winnipeg and a two to one loss to Edmonton, which by all means, oh, they'd is, be great. Yeah, like right. And I mean, you you could have played the the puck line there and they right. would have covered. But I completely agree with you. Like, I wish there was kind of something like that in in NHL betting, where it's like you could have a spread. I get that there is literally a spread on every game, but it just feels like such a net loss because every time you lose plus one point five and it's on an empty net, or it's just the right. most tilted thing in the world. And and obviously those do balance out over time. And sometimes you're going to win your bet because your team simply lost in overtime, but. Personally, I don't I don't love playing the plus one point five. I actually mixed in a rare one on Monday, but yeah, I no, I, yeah, because usually the great thing about real point spreads in other sports that aren't hockey and baseball is that you can say, oh, this team is you know exceeding expectations or not meeting expectations. You can't really draw that from puck line numbers and run line numbers. So yeah, like Chicago has covered the effort um, spread over their last couple of games or three games or so, I'd say. So um, all credit they, they deserve for that. And again, this, this Sabres team, if you want to like, I'm going to bet Chicago, like I said, because I will sleep just fine if they lose, knowing that I didn't want anything to do with a Buffalo team that was minus near 300. Like that's, that's good enough for me. That's, I'll sleep all night. Yeah, I have less conviction on that one. Like, 
I can see the world maybe where Chicago lets down after a game tonight and they don't get goaltending, whatever it is. But I think that it's still going to be the right play. And then, yeah, as we wrap up, I think that Habs one too just is a much more convincing play. If anything, they've picked up their their level a little bit here. They got some guys back in the mix. I don't know. Like They're not great, but it's just I really think that's the sharp side on that one for sure. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Three original six teams on the road for Wednesday's slate. Knicks on the over six and a half to minus 120 in the Red Wings and the Panthers. He's on the Habs as well, the plus 200 range. I'm on them as well. I like uh, I liked his argument there. I was convinced. And then the Blackhawks, I'm going to throw a little half unit there. I think Nick probably the same thing at uh, plus 240 traveling to Buffalo. Well, Nick, uh, two out of three in the books here. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Leboff won't even come back. Maybe it'll just be our show. But you know. this would have been such a Leboff. He would have been all over the Canadians and Hawks, telling us how we got to parlay them and rig and thirty to one. <laughs> all, but, uh, all all three dogs round robin parlay, <laughs> all for a little pizza money, just so he can say um, that he's retiring, even though. Um, it'll never happen. Just when he's out, he gets pulled back in. So plenty. He'll have retirement money until he bets it on Appleby to get a shutout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that'll wrap it up. I'm Tim Kalinowski. I'm talking with Nick Martin. That is Action Network's line change. We will talk to you again on Wednesday, talking about Thursday night slate. Enjoy betting the pucks on Wednesday night. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.